Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. It's your favorite dictator here. Uh, I want to start by thanking you all for the downloads. It's unbelievable. I hope you have had a fantastic and strange Christmas. Certainly, I am still under house arrest by Boris Johnson. So you can imagine I did not leave my house in the, the December 25th. And I'm still under house arrest, but it still doesn't stop me from producing my podcast. Uh, so thank you so much. It's been fantastic. I've got, you know, lots of downloads from new countries, but uh, it looks like the dictatorial regimes are catching up very, very quickly. Venezuela, Croatia, they are downloading like nomad business. Uh, with not much ado, I, I want to introduce you to someone who I have been meaning to uh, invite to my podcast. Uh, she is a South African comic, used to be a lawyer, is now a comedian, and is doing pretty well for herself. Uh, I'm not sure whether she's based in England or whether she's based in South Africa. I, 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 at times I have a feeling that she deports herself, <laughs> or rather maybe immigration. Pretty Patel deports her for a few weeks to go to South Africa, and then she comes back. But she's doing extremely well. She's not just a comedian, she's an actress, she's done comedy skits, and she will talk about herself. I mean, when I was looking at her bio, I have to tell you, it felt like it was a, a dissertation for, for a PhD at uh, the Durban University. But she's a very popular stand-up comedian, and I remember meeting her many, many years ago. I mean, one of these things about comedy, when I used to do it, now I'm the president, is you meet lots of comedians. And Tenjiwe was someone I met uh, at a, I think it was an open mic gig. I think it was one of those open mic gigs where you had 20 comics and they all had to do two minutes each or something like that. And then I, <laughs> I remember meeting her at Up the Creek, which is a, a, a prestigious uh, comedy club for those who perform comedy. And I think she was doing a competition called Blackout. Now this was, this was probably about 11 years ago, a long time ago. So what I am pleased about in terms of Tinjiwe is how she has grown to become such a very popular uh, stand-up comedian. And I, I, my people have been watching her. We've been watching, my comedy bureau have been watching her and have been watching her progress. So let's, let's have Tinjiwe here. How are you, my dear? I am well. I am well. Thank you so much. It's funny because I never forgot that one day that we met. Uh, I think we were the only black people, so it's hard for us <laughs> to forget each other anyway. Yeah, don't, don't, don't remind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 11 years ago. It must have been 11 years ago. Probably 11, yeah. 11 years ago. So let me, let me start by saying congratulations on your success. I'm really, really pleased for you. I know you travel all over the world. You yeah, you know, it's not deportation on a serious note, but you know, it's your comedy that makes you travel all over. And I know that you also have a, uh, a YouTube channel that's gone viral, 11, 15 million views at one point. That is amazing. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. I'm just grateful to have an opportunity to do what I love yes. and to have people support it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just grateful. Excellent, excellent. And we, we need, it's a very different climate. You know, uh, the last time I really did any good performance uh, was in March this year. And I normally, at this time of the year, I would want to write a review 
of my comedy. Oh, my <laughs> way. The last time I held the mic was 7th of March. Are you serious? 7th of March. Wow. And it looks like I'm not holding a, a mic until the next 7th of March because I was supposed to have a big show coming up this Valentine's, but it's in South Africa. And given the situation right now, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, we will talk about South Africa, but let's talk about as a performer, what has that meant for you not being able to perform, not being able to hold the mic since the 7th of March? How have you coped? Uh, I thank the Lord that I'm still not uh, mentally sectioned. But also I, I, the people who invented social media, people who invented YouTube, they have kept us going because at least we've been able to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I've also learned uh, new things mm -hmm. and new skills about social media. So at least not only are we able to still, because it's a lot that's happening around the world. And as a comedian, you know, as soon as things happen, you want to joke about it. And you're like, I can't talk about it two months later, it's too late. It's too late. We're looking for that, it's too soon. Mm -hmm. We don't want it too late. Yeah. We want people to say, I can't believe she already has a joke about it. Yeah. So with everything being closed, and even though we're doing things online, I'm, 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 I'm doing a lot of skits, a lot of uh, live podcast sort of shows on, mm -hmm. uh, on my social media platform, but it's not the same. Stand-up comedy, it's you, it's the mic, it's the people. And you want to hear the laughter. There's something it does to you. It's like driving a manual car. You mm -hmm. know when to change the gear. Mm -hmm. But if you're just talking to yourself, you can't hear your audience. Sometimes you change the gear too late. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to be able to, to... There's something that will never take that away. The live audience. Bring on the live audience. Yeah. Bring on the live audience. But then we've, I've learned new skills. I've tried new things. And I've also learned that I'm rubbish at a lot of things. <laughs> uh, about two or three months into the lockdown, I got a job as a funeral crier and I was fired because I cried too much. Because the problem is I, I cried the African cry, you know, and I thought, oh, I'm even getting paid. I've been crying at funerals all my life and now I'm getting paid. I have to excel. And they called me to the side and said, you are overdoing it. <laughs> People are going to... People are going to think you are a side baby mama. Was this in Africa or was this in, in England? Yeah, in the UK. There is a company that hires funeral criers. I did I not know that. Seriously? Yeah. 40 pounds oh. an hour. Wow. Mm. So they hire you to go and cry. Yes. But... And they were in need of people, especially during lockdown, okay. because a lot of family members were stuck abroad. Okay. So you'd find that a, 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 an elderly person dies, but all their children are stuck abroad and they couldn't travel. So they would hire you to go cry on their behalf so that their mother is not just buried without them being there. Or maybe okay. to take a bouquet of flowers on their behalf. Okay. Yeah. And so you, and because, because some of this funeral crying, was it done through Zoom? Because, you know, at one yes, point you could... Yes, it was done through Zoom. The wow. family members will be watching through Zoom. A lot of funeral homes now have uh, standard set up Zoom things that show the funerals. Wow. So you've added a new skill, funeral crying. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's so funny. <laughs> and did it matter? So, because obviously we know that England is predominantly white, 
Does it matter that you're black and you're crying over a white person? I think that's why they were worried about my overcrying. <laughs> because then they said people are gonna think this guy was messing up with a black woman. They're gonna think he was his side chick or his side baby mama. I think it's matter. Maybe if I was white, they would think, oh, maybe it was a favorite cousin. Yes. But being black and crying too loud, it's it's it, it left a bit of uh, suspicions. Yeah. Okay. Whether whether also. So they were like, no, no, no. You have to reduce it. I tried another one, but the good thing is, I also did one where they wanted someone to sing, and I cannot sing to save my life. So I told them I I I, I couldn't sing. But when they told me how much they were paying, I said I could sing. <laughs> and I went there. I sang a wedding song. Like they can't understand. I sang it in my language. Oh dear. And that's what is your language, Zulu? Is that correct? Zulu. Yes. Yes. Uh, Zulu. Yeah, they didn't understand that. Okay, and cool. people get excited by the clicks. <laughs> look, I can't look. I I I think you're going to beat the record in terms of this podcast because you made me laugh already <laughs> with the <laughs> funeral crying and then pretending to sing. Um, but do you when Certainly for me, I have missed, as you rightly pointed out, live performances. Do you get worried about your next live performance whenever it is that you might have forgotten your set or you might have forgotten your material? I worry a lot because in the beginning I was excited. I was writing a lot, mm -hmm. thinking, oh, they're opening in three weeks. Ooh, the new material I have. Mm -hmm. But now, like four months down the line, I was like, what's the point of even writing this material? I'm never gonna get to perform it. Mm -hmm. Or by the time I perform it, like how many times have they closed and opened, closed and opened? You're not gonna talk about the first the jokes when they first closed. Yes. They're no longer relevant. Mm -hmm. So it's like, cause the rush is always, who's gonna say it first? So you wanna perform first. Everyone, every comedian was like, as soon as they open, I, get, I need to get on stage before someone else. Cause That's we all joke. Yeah. around the world for the first time, not just, all in South Africa or all Zulus or all black people who live in England, like all around the world. I'm having the same problems as Oprah Winfrey right now. <laughs> so we're like, I want to get on stage as soon as I can. I want it recorded. I want it put out there because I don't want Chris Rock to say it before I say it. Yes, yes. But yes. now I, I, I've lost all, I've thrown the towel. It's like, I, it will happen know, when it happens. And you know what's really interesting is similar to you there, because I do you know, focus on political comedy, the biggest bit that's really hit me hard is all the stuff that's happening in America. And I wish I was able to go on stage as a dictator just to talk about, you know, how America has, has now become like Africa, you know, like an African country, you know, and it's, it, it, it's the likes of Trevor Noah who have the opportunity to actually say those things. I've seen things yeah. that I've thought about yes. that I can see other high profile comics talking about because they have that access. But uh, good, good for them anyway. It's it, it's good. It's it's lovely. It's lovely to to uh, see you. Anything else in terms of the, the lockdown? So you are you are, am I right that you are in South Africa right now or you're in England? I am in the UK right now. Uh, when lockdown happened, I was at the very beginning of a tour that I was going to be doing in the USA, okay. and I did one show. We went on lockdown. I stayed for a bit because remember when they first closed, it was three weeks. And yes. I thought after three weeks, everything continues. Mm -hmm. But when we, when I saw that oh, oh, it was going on and on, I had to decide because fortunately I have two uh, citizenships. I, I was born in South Africa, but then uh, my British citizenship was sexually transmitted. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided I will go to the UK 
because I do not trust the health care system in my country. Yeah. And I know the attitude of the nurses from my country. Mm-hmm. So I, I came to the UK. I've been here since the beginning of lockdown. Okay, I, I have uh, three nationalities. I'm British, I'm Nigerian, and the country I created is called Laughter Republic. Do you, do you do your dual nationality, does that cause any tension for you when you're in South Africa? Is it, is it no, a privilege? It is a privilege. You must remember that we, in South Africa, we are the last people to get our freedom. Yes. So we still have our Stockholm Syndrome. Anything mm-hmm. associated with our uh, colonizers, mm-hmm. we praise. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it has opened even doors for me in my own country in South Africa. Yeah, just perhaps. And, and they see people us. Treat it better. People treat it better than a PhD. If I come with a doctor and they'll be like, oh, nice, doctor. And then I'll be like, but I have a British citizenship Shit. that nobody will put to the doctor. Yeah. So do they, do they describe you when, you when you go on stage? Do they say South African comic based in, in, in the United Kingdom? Is that what they say? Or... Uh, sometimes they do. Uh, you know, you, it's different with every MC. You never know how you're going to be introduced. Some of them will even introduce you and even say your grandfather's shoe size, your grandmother's <laughs> bra size. You're like, can I get on stage? <laughs> yeah, so some do, mm-hmm. some don't. Okay. Tell me, tell me about South African comedy. Tell me about the comedy scene in South Africa. So It's the most beautiful. It's mm-hmm. the most beautiful. First of all, we have 11 official languages. Yes. And every language mm-hmm. has a comedy scene. Okay. Wow. So there are people who only uh, perform in their Venec and it, 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 the Venec comedy, oh my God, not only is it funny, it's relatable. And mm. because comedy is born out of tragedy and yes. black people have suffered the most in South Africa, their jokes tend to be the funniest because mm-hmm. they're talking about real issues. Like nobody wants to listen to a rich guy. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to listen to how your father used to abuse my father. No. But mm-hmm. when I talk about how my father got abused or how things that happened to us were dark. Mm-hmm. So we have the best comedy. Uh, most people are not making as much money as they should. Mm-hmm. The audience in South Africa is the best. They love. Like mm-hmm. they break the chair kind of love. Okay. Uh, what else? We have a, And we are supportive of each other. Very, very supportive of each other. At some point, everybody had a dream to go overseas. Mm-hmm. But now we are at such a good point where people are just happy to be home. Mm-hmm. Even if they go overseas it's to go perform that gig and come back home. Because, mm-hmm. well, I don't know what's going to happen when things open up. But right now, we only went back to stage three last night at midnight today. But they've been open for a bit. Mm-hmm. So they've been performing. They've been filling up. Mm-hmm. And so they support. People love comedy. Like you have even, you don't know who's going to show up. The only like it could be a, a pastor, a dictator. Everybody loves comedy in South Africa. Mm-hmm. We are that kind of a country. We, and we take everything as a joke. Like comedy is what made, made us go through apartheid. Yes. We laughed our way out of apartheid. Mm-hmm. The only disadvantage of doing comedy in South Africa, especially as a South African, you never, like if you came, you would know and everyone would know Obonjo is going to, perform in English Mm. but for us you never know what language you're going to perform on until you get on stage are you serious you don't know what language you're going to perform in because you might think oh my god I'm in KwaZulu Natal I've got my people here I'm going to do my best Zulu jokes 
you get on it's uh first six rows are indians and then there are white people and four <laughs> black people <laughs> so it's about you have to be really versatile as a comedian yes. to get to any of these places and get on stage uh, sometimes you are in durban you're like oh my Zulu people, you get on stage, oh, you are so excited. It's full of black people, black faces. You're like, yeah, let's go Zulu. And they're like, ah, ah we came from Jobek. We speak Tuan. We don't understand you. English, please, Ooh. or Tuan. So wow. that's the beauty. But that's what makes South African uh, comedians strong. We are not like comedians of the world who write material and they know this is what I'm going to say today. This is what mm. I'm going to do today. Yeah. For us, a lot of the time, you just have to have an idea. Because yes. how I say it in Zulu is different from how I say it in English. And okay. some things that are relevant, some things that are very funny in English are not funny in my language. Mm -hmm. And some are, are not even relatable. You're like, ah. Uh -huh. And then? Like, the, the, like it's cultural difference. For example, even in romance, it's the same. Mm -hmm. When white people who light candles, they say it's romantic. For me, it reminds me of poverty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me lighting a candle, it means you have no electricity, it's poverty. Mm -hmm. So it, it, there's cultural uh, differences. So you, mm -hmm. you always have to be aware, but you don't know until you are on stage. A mm -hmm. couple of points. I, I totally agree with you in terms of for quite tra comedy comes from tragedy because I met someone or spoke to someone on my podcast called Lynn Ruth Miller. And she basically mm -hmm. said that uh, she believes that minorities are better comics because of the oppression that they've faced over the years. And, you know, they are able to tell the story. You know the comedy scene in the UK. You know that we've got levels. You know, you've got the open mic scene, this, you know, then the pro comics. Do you have something similar? Can you move from one level to the other in South Africa? Or how does it, how does it work? Yes, yes. And uh, social media has been a blessing and a curse as well. Because before it would be TV once you make it to tv then you know you're gonna be a yes. national comedian you mm. attracting uh, people can watch you from everywhere mm. but now there are guys coming to the scene who just do one viral video they fill up an arena wow so comedy rules have changed like comedy the comedy scene is, has been rewritten it's, it's rewritten and before for everyone to be professional as a comedian you had to perform in english so, so many people who couldn't speak English were not able to be seen as professional because they used to call English mainstream. But yeah. now, some of the biggest guys don't even say one word in English. They wow. perform just in their language. And wow. they fill up like big spaces. And that's so because, things are changing. And that's because social media has exposed... Because of social media, they've been able... So there are no more uh, gatekeepers who are saying you can't be on TV because you don't speak the language that we approve of. Mm. or you don't look the way that we, we want you to look. Yeah, so yeah. social media has helped a lot of people. Wow, wow. And do you have, because what, one of the things that used to happen in England uh, is you have what we call the Instagram comedians who will have a big following on Instagram. And then when they get on stage, they fill the room, but they die on stage because they don't know the technique of, of comedy. <laughs> a lot of them, because what happens with Instagram uh, comedians, excuse me they don't understand stand-up comedy mm. everything can be comedy but the stage is different from a skit yeah yeah and the stage is different from uh talking about one thing mm -hmm. or uh, mimicking someone but when yeah. you go on stage it's something different i yeah. remember when i, I first started because i i uh, 
I went viral doing South African videos because when I was here starting up with my comedy, there were things I wanted to say, but I knew the English would not relate. Yeah. And some of them I knew they would be funnier in my language. So that's when I started doing skits. Mm -hmm. And then they went viral at home. So when I went home, I became those internet comedians mm -hmm. who sold out. Mm -hmm. But people were buying tickets to come and see me for the skits. But they knew the characters. So when I went on stage, for fortunately for me, I was already a seasoned stand-up mm -hmm. comedian. Mm -hmm. So they, I introduced them to something new. The audience was like, oh my God, we didn't know yeah. a person can just be them and the mic can be funny because they were expecting me to, to do skits. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but uh, subsequent to that, when I do shows, when I do my big shows, I will get maybe I will do an hour of stand-up comedy and then I will give them some skits because okay. I know some of them came for that. Yeah, but yes. I wanted them to know that I am a stand-up comedian because I didn't mm. want to end up being a, a skits comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but you are right. A lot of them die when they get on stage. But but you 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 mentioned that they didn't know that you could just hold the mic for that long. But surely the likes of Trevor Noah and Loyola, uh, these are comics that I know and yourself as well. So are you saying they they never performed back in in South Africa? Or? No, no, no. They perform. They perform. But remember that it's the minority that goes to comedy clubs. Okay. And when you listen to those guys, their comedy is mostly catered to white people. More middle class. Middle class. Now we're not, we, we, yeah. Now we're talking about... A lot of people didn't know Trevor Noah until he went overseas. The okay. minute you are, you are approved by overseas everyone suddenly approves you. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about people who are attracting people who, who've just seen you on the phone and they've never, ever been to a comedy show. Mm. Their first time coming to see a comedy show is to come and see a one-man one show. Mm. They don't know what to expect. I'm not talking about people who go to comedy clubs. Okay, I'm talking about people, if you ask them who's Chris Rock, they have no idea. Okay, got you. Yeah, got you. One final question, and then we'll move on. Considering that um, South Africa is now, and has always, no, not, not has always been, when you compare it to Nigeria, South Africa has never had dictatorship. Okay, it had the appetite regime. <laughs> and now it's not, you know, it's had civilian government for a number of years. Do you think that uh, a dictator, what I do, could walk in South Africa? Do you think they could relate to what I do in South Africa? I think right now that's what we need. Mm. Right now, that's exactly what we need. We need police without guns, with shambles, like beat people <laughs> up on the streets because South Africans are really misbehaving at the moment. Okay. Uh, we didn't have to be where we are, especially in terms of the COVID-19 uh, mm. pandemic. Mm. South Africans misbehave. They party too much. They, they don't listen. Mm. They don't listen because they came straight from one end to another. Mm. They came from absolutely no freedom to too much freedom. Yeah. Mm. I think a dictator is what we need. I would really, really like you to go and sort things out in South Africa. You know, just before Christmas, because it's summer in South Africa at the moment, and mm. summertime is the only time, well, not even summertime, there are certain days, like the 16th of December, yeah. the 26th of December, the 1st, the 2nd, and the 3rd of January. That's the only time black people go and swim. In South Africa, and black, black people the, can swim, yeah. 
only only those days like okay. that, that, that's only time you, you you'll find them swimming so the government said no beaches on those days because you knew people would overcrowd because mm-hmm. it's like it gets crazy mm-hmm. people went to the rivers they said it didn't say rivers went to the streams you wow. could you you I'll send you some videos. You will see how crazy they are. So last night he made another speech and he had to mention each and everything with water. And now they are gathering at each other's uh, bathtub or shower and they, they say, ah, he said we can't swim. Oh, it, it, it's crazy. South <laughs> Africans do not listen. Okay. We, we have, or rather my former country, because like I said, I was so disillusioned with Nigeria. That's why I created my own country called Laughter Republic. Yes. Uh, I know there are similar issues, but what's really interesting is when you look at South Africa, it now has a million cases of people infected and well over 25,000 people have died. When you compare that to Nigeria, and actually when you compare it to, um, I, I, you know, there's, there's a view that COVID doesn't really exist in, 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 in Africa. You know, there's a view that, you know, that most of these African countries, when the way they reacted to Ebola, for example, you know, Nigeria was credited that, you know, they should be well equipped to deal with a deadly disease. How is it possible that South Africa has one million cases of, of COVID? And I saw this video that someone right. sent me yesterday uh, mm-hmm. where the president, this is why I believe, yes, he needs a dictator. A civilian president is talking to you almost in tears and you guys are dancing whilst yeah. he's talking to you about COVID. <laughs> it's crazy. It is and absolutely crazy. After that, they were doing the president uh, challenge because he had something on the corner of his mouth. Mm. And they were, they, they, like everything, they take everything as a joke. It was, the, the thing that trended was a, a challenge. They make, him, they make fun of him. They just don't listen. But when it comes to numbers, I'm not sure how much other countries are, are, are declaring their numbers because mm-hmm. you don't know who has it until they are tested. Because even in South Africa, I would like to think it's more than what is known, but okay. they are declaring at least what they have checked. Yes. Those, because a lot of people get COVID without even knowing they had it. Mm-hmm. So the numbers are higher than what we see. But mm-hmm. other countries, I am worried that maybe they either are not declaring or are they doing the right thing to make sure people do have facilities where they go get, get checked. Because mm. in other countries, I say a lot of people only check when they are traveling. Mm. 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 And then also our people are smart. So even in traveling, people can buy certificates to travel, but we will not oh, go there because we don't want to sell our people out. Of course. But, and then you have countries like Tanzania that are saying they prayed. When COVID was still in China, they prayed and Jesus has answered them. They're not, even the president is not wearing a mask. I will tell you the latest one I heard. This was day before yesterday. I was driving and I was listening to the radio. And the Ghanaian president, uh, the Ghanaian president, the new, the one who just got re-elected, is actually calling the pandemic a pandemic. His view is that Bill Gates and all these other people planned to disrupt the economy of the world and that it's a pandemic, it's not a pandemic. And he was- That's why people over 60 shouldn't have the internet because they believe <laughs> everything that they, they, they get on WhatsApp, they believe everything that they see on social media. Yeah, yeah. So is it, is it that for South Africa, 
because you, you, you might not be able to answer this. You don't know when COVID, we know COVID arrived in England around January, February time, March. Is that the same for South Africa or was it later on? The first known case was, I think, in March. Okay. We don't know when it arrived because when people look back, they're like, oh, so-and-so had these symptoms, but we didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. But the first confirmed case was a man who had come back from Italy with his family. Yeah. I would like to believe it was either early March or very late. Uh, no, it was early March. And, and did the government, what was the government's response? Did they lock down the country straight away or they were just... At first, they didn't lock down, but as the numbers uh, went up, then we went to different levels, eventually going to level five. And uh, they, they, they responded very well because we are a, a nation of drinkers. And you must remember that a lot of black people were not allowed to drink in certain places during apartheid. So as soon as we got our freedom, we you drink. just started drinking. <laughs> yeah. And the drinking, so, didn't kill, the drinking didn't kill COVID. <laughs> so the, during during the, like the serious lockdown there was no alcohol even now they've stopped the alcohol okay that like no alcohol but obviously you get people who smuggle it and they sell it at a price that is take it or leave it mm -hmm. but legally no alcohol in the country no alcohol can be sold why because it's been sold in england i before i before i came to for this interview with you no 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 but we, the way we behave is completely different from the people in england you, did you see how, how we were dancing yes yes yeah we, we we cannot control our our alcohol okay okay we cannot control our, we, we party too much mm -hmm. as, as a nation so uh alcohol was stopped and uh what else was stopped but people still found found, found ways but uh, yeah, it was stopped. And then we had to have a, have a permit to be on the road when we are on level five because complete lockdown, you had to have a permit. But then our police are not the smartest. So you could just show them a, a physics exam paper and they would think it was a permit. Could, just could show you, them something that, that's confusing. Could you, give, could you give them some money as well to get through? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> they send the army to uh, uh, the township where I grew up, Kwamashu. They mm -hmm. send the, the army because people were still not be, be behaving mm -hmm. during level five. And when the next shift came to relieve the, 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 the guys who came early, they couldn't find them. Girls had locked them in their rooms. <laughs> South Africa is such a fun place. So tell me about level five. Level five, is that lockdown for all the country or does it differ from wherever you all are? All the country. The whole country was on lockdown. So how long, is this lockdown, how long is this lockdown now for? latest one uh, this one is 14 days and funny enough as soon as the president say, finished his national address uh, last night people started putting posters they're having new year's eve on the 14th of january <laughs> so they moved because <laughs> <laughs> they want to party um, <laughs> yeah it's just a very lovely country to come to a common party when when there's no pandemic but on a serious note, is it is it that the the current president is it or rather is it that his government has underlying conditions? What what why is he not? I just get the impression he's not being taken seriously like another leader would have been, you know, like a dictator, yeah. you know, closing down the whole thing, the military involved, you can't leave your house, uh, you know. 
civilian governments, as far as I'm concerned, they haven't, when you look at, I was doing some research recently in terms of countries who have really managed this pandemic, the civilian governments and people will say, oh, but well, the dictator um, regimes basically don't give you information, but they seem to have handled it better. Look at China, where they said the virus came from, you know, Wuhan, they're already partying like South Africans. Mm. Taiwan, as I don't understand it, you know, England, they, they, they say they want freedom. Their freedom is to protest. Taiwan right now, their freedom is to go out and go and have a drink and not catch a deadly disease because they have responded very well. What is your view about the South African government? Is it that it's not been taken seriously or, or what is it? It, it is not been taken seriously. Um, South African citizens, number one, they joke too much. Number two, uh, I don't think they did enough to educate the people mm -hmm. about the seriousness of uh, this virus. For example, like I said before, we have 11 official languages. Mm -hmm. uh, so some people don't even understand the speech that he says. Uh, I remember there was a time when uh, he had to do an immediate lockdown and he said with immediate effect. And people said, yeah, he said it's closing, but he didn't say that date. He said with immediate effect. We're waiting <laughs> for immediate effect to come. Oh dear. Oh and uh, because of different tribes and cultures, some people will only respect a leader from their own tribe. So wow. I think it should involve people uh, like the small chiefs from different places. People will listen to their own mm -hmm. or, or, rather or, than... Or, or get translators, someone to interpret what he's saying, even if it has 11 people surrounding him while he delivers the speech just like uh, when get he people, whatever, whatever he says then get people to locally go and tell their people people mm -hmm. that are, are respected within their communities mm -hmm. because some people don't don't respect him mm. that's it mm. and some people have uh, this feeling that he doesn't care for black people and some people think uh that he, he cares for the economy more than people so they are very and you must also uh, realize that that where you are led by someone from a political party. Mm -hmm. Not everyone in the country, number one, likes him. Not everyone voted for him. And not everyone's going to respect him. It's not like the queen where mm -hmm. it's there. Mm -hmm. you, you're not, you don't have to vote. It's not mm -hmm. your choice. You can't say, I didn't even vote for her or I voted for her, so she must give me what I want. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for me, she wouldn't be the queen. But he, he, won, so on the but he won on the majority, didn't he? Yes. Yes, but also remember that when we say majority, majority is people who voted. Yes, yes. There are more people who do not vote than people who vote. Mm, okay. So are you saying to me that uh, the ANC is not as popular as it used to be? No, it is not. And they've done a lot of blunder and they are known for a lot of corruption. Mm -hmm. And they've got a lot of nepotism. Mm -hmm. So much so that a lot of people are now voting the ANC because of their forefathers. They don't want to disappoint. You know, we have big on ancestors. Yes, They yes, don't want to yeah. disappoint their ancestors who died in 1976. Mm -hmm. But they're no longer voting for individuals. They're just voting for the party. It's all uh, because the party fought for us. Yeah. If they got a, a, a good competition, they wouldn't win the next election. Mm -hmm. So how many police, how many, they, they must have an opposition party. What's the name of the opposition party? They there? do, but it's, it is Democratic uh, Alliance, the DA. It's more a white people party. But you have and black people they, in it? They, once in a while they do, sometimes they do, and then the black people realize uh, 
they are just a token, they leave, you know, they come and go. And uh, there's uh, EFF with Malema. Mm. Yeah, the Economic Freedom Fighters. And it's a, it's a party that was born out of the NC, people who left the NC to open their own because they are more for the land. Like, mm. yes, peace mm. and everything, but where's the land? Mm. Mm. Well, that's Julius. Yeah, I, 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 I think I follow him on Twitter. He's quite a yes. radical, isn't he? He is. He is. You and him will get along. <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are his chances? What are his chances? The youth will vote for him. Okay. The, the elderly people above 30, like I said, are mm. very patriotic about the ANC. Yes. It's the yes. party that's brought us out of apartheid, but mm. people who didn't go through apartheid mm. don't know the difference, so they, mm. they vote for him. Yeah. So, so he'll almost... always be there, and he's a necessary party, he's a necessary contender for, for, for us, he's uh, the voice for the people. Yeah, and he's, he's, so, a, pan, he's a pan Africanist at, at the moment, isn't he? he yes. He's yes. for Africa, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I love how, you know, when they go to parliament, they, they dress as workers. Yeah. The, the, the EFF women, they always uh, dressed in red. Yes. They were uh, as dressers to represent the ordinary working South African, like mm -hmm. we want our rights, we want to be African in Africa. As soon as they go out and go to party, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and <laughs> like, what's the point? <laughs> so, like, you can't fool me. Who are you going to fool? So, the name of this podcast is If Comedians Rule the World. And I know we've gone into the subject of South Africa and the response in terms of COVID. I don't know whether you have any political ambitions. I genuinely believe that most comedians, uh, especially those who talk about politics, I think they nurse a little bit of ambition, you know, because if you look at what is happening in the UK, you know, you have left-wing comedians and you have right-wing comedians and the government is material for them, you know? And, and I know eventually over the years, maybe some of them might decide, oh, I want to be prime minister, you know, rather than president of a fictional country. But on a serious note, if you, blank piece of paper, South African president, what would you do differently from this current government in terms of the response to COVID? Uh, after stealing enough money, I would uh, make sure that I do the right thing by returning the land to the rightful owners. Because it's mm. so unfair that uh, what happened in South Africa is I'll make a, a, a simple example for those uh, who are watching who might not know the, the history of South Africa. It's like someone came to your house, Oponjo, mm -hmm. President Oponjo, mm -hmm. and stole your children, mm -hmm. kicked you out, and then you fought. Now this is the ANC fighting. Mm -hmm. Oh no, bring us back in. We want to come back in. These are black people. This is mm -hmm. our house. Mm -hmm. This is our father left this house for us. And why, why, why are you changing my children's name? When mm. you came here, my child already had a name. Why are you calling him John? And mm. then after all the fighting, the ANC, the Nelson Mandela regime now wins and tells you, oh, freedom at last. Mm -hmm. uh, let's forgive each other so that we can move on. Mm. But the house owner is still staying out the, outside without a house. Your children's name are still not changed. And then they say, oh, but you can come and clean our garden. That's your, your, that's your freedom. So I don't think that the bargaining was right 
from the beginning in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I would prepare, I would prefer to have a revolution and then things are done right. And I still believe we will have a revolution in South Africa. So at the moment... Because people are suffering. And now the black leaders mm. have seen money. And you know money and power corrupt. Definitely. So they are absolutely corrupt. They are feeding their stomachs. That general South African suffers. When you go with someone who hasn't been to South Africa, the first thing they'll ask you is, how come all the white people are shopping and black people are working? You come to the UK, it was the first time seeing a white person working as a cleaner, working on the streets here in the UK. In South Africa, our land, we are the ones who are are suffering. The fact that even the president has to address us in English when we have a minority of English speakers. Yes, other countries need to, to understand, but do you think in Italy they care for English more than they care for Italian? Mm-hmm. Do you think in France they care for English more than they care for the French? Because oh, they, we have some English people who live here. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's just so much that went wrong. And also we've never had a leader who understands freedom. Mm-hmm. We've never had a leader who's lived elsewhere. Our leaders, uh, either they were in prison or they were freedom fighters. When they came out to rule the country, they didn't even know what was a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Straight from prison into the government house. Mm. So, are you saying? Because I, you know, I, I, I know that I know about appetite. I know about the, the the issues down there. I know that the Nigerian government helped at the time. I know Nelson Mandela. Mm gaining freedom and independence and and the presidency. So the issue is the land. So are you suggesting that it should go down the Zimbabwe way where lands were confiscated from white people? It shouldn't have to be confiscated. People should be given land and people should be given opportunities that are going to last them uh, at least a lifetime, if not Mm. generational. Mm. Don't like stop giving people fish mm. teach them how to fish give them mm. opportunities mm. and the reason african countries and nigeria included mm. end up uh, with so much fraud mm. is because everybody ends up with a degree because africa praises education yes everybody has a degree no skin everybody mm. has a degree in it there are no banks Everybody has a degree as an accountant. There are no banks to hire them. Everybody has done pharmaceutical studies. There are no pharmacies. That's why people end up making drugs. You've taught me how to make it, but you can't give me a doctor. Yes, definitely. To pay me for it. Yeah. So we focus on the wrong things, like give people skills. Now, right now, people are saying we can't go uh, on lockdown because we won't have food. Like you have land, like vegetation in Africa. Mm. Why are we not growing our own food? Yeah, Why definitely. do I need to go to ShopRite to buy an orange? Mm-hmm. Some of our children don't even know. If you ask them where does an apple come from, they say ShopRite or Woolworths. Because mm-hmm. they've never seen a tree. Mm-hmm. Bring back the skills mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stop westernizing people. It's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You're westernizing us so that I can come and work for a white man's farm. I want to work in my farm. I don't need a degree so that I can do something that I could have learned to do. Yeah, you don't, you don't need a degree in, in agriculture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point, good point. You make, you make a good um, president. I don't know about the corruption. Why do you feel you need to steal money before you take care of your people? Because you learn from those who came before you. 
But the <laughs> but don't you think don't you think you need to set a different path? Do you have to be a different leader? And you know it's really rich for me to say this thing because I'm not a very democrat. I don't believe in democracy. I just think it is a virus, a, a, a virus that has infected lots of people. I genuinely believe that in Africa, for example, all these all these institutions that we've inherited from the colonial masters are foreign. It's like you having a kidney that doesn't belong to your body. That's how I see democracy. Yes. Because before they came to Africa, we were running. Africa was running itself. It had its own laws. It had its own institutions. And that is where... I think, yeah, 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 exactly. And, yeah, and that is where I think, it, you know, we want to replicate what is happening in the West, but we don't have, you know, it's a different, it's just a different game. We must today. stop having uh, Western solutions for African problems. Yeah, yeah. We, we must just stop it. Even their ruling, even with their lockdown things, it's copy and paste. And sometimes I question the rules that they say, oh, we must quarantine. Quarantine where? When four people are living in one bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what's really interesting. That's what well, how are you telling people in Alexandra to, to, to quarantine when you know it's you've built one toilet for every 20 households you know what's really How you know they what, quarantine? yeah you know what's really interesting as well is the fact that you said level five because what's happened in london here or in england is originally at the very beginning as you know it was complete lockdown and then they started with this tier one tier two tier three tier four and there's a rumor that there will be tier five and i keep asking myself in China, there was no tier one, tier two, tier three. It was a complete lockdown. If you leave your house, if you leave your house, you get shot. It's as simple as that. You know, they know where you're going. And, you know, some of the, you know, they will always criticize China uh, and all these other countries because they're authoritarian in, their, in the way they deal with their people. But they are very, very effective because at the moment now, and you could argue in China, you could say, oh, yes, well, nobody knows what's happening in China. But hello, I have seen photos of videos of people in Wuhan enjoying themselves, mm. enjoying themselves, you know, as if the virus did not come from the laboratory or wherever it was in Wuhan. So I, my view is that these, these civilian governments are very, very weak. I mean... And you I, know what I, happens... Uh, president in uh, in a democratic part in a democratic ruling everybody has a say even somebody who could who can't even write their own name let me tell you what's happening i'm sure you're aware of what's happening in england now what is going to happen tomorrow is uh, this is just an example of democracy they voted brexit people voted out they're going to they they have a leader like it or not, some call him a clown, some call him, he's not a prime minister. But anyway, he's got the deal. Now they're going to debate tomorrow whether they should <laughs> accept the deal or not. And as far as I'm concerned, that is confusion. Because once you have given your leader, you've elected him, believe it or not, he was elected or chosen, let him go ahead with the deal. Why do you have to debate it? Right now, when I go on Twitter, some MPs are saying, oh, I'm not going to vote for it because it's one of the worst deals. Hello is the worst deal, but you have no deal. What kind of, what kind of system? And I think democracy yep. just confuses people. It's a virus. Just debate. Uh, oh, COVID. Uh, let's debate it. Oh, we have to debate the COVID laws. This thing is killing people. 
you know, you were mm. talking about uh, the number of people who have died and some countries are not being uh, transparent. Even in England, at one point, they were inflating the figures. So, yep. you, you know, it's a mess. The system, the system, democracy is a mess. You know, Abonjo, I didn't believe that there was juju witchcraft in Western countries until he won election. And then I was like, aha, so these people were uh, traditional healers with strong juju. Because there's white, there's white juju. Yeah. There's white juju. You might not see them, but there's white. Yes, yes, definitely. There's definitely. White he, it's definitely proof that there is. There is. There but is. it must be the hardest time to be a leader at the moment. Look, you see, the, it, I, one part of me, you know, it, is saying that once you've elected a leader, let him get on with it. One part of me says that, and democracy doesn't allow this. One of the things you've lived in England, you will notice that uh, the Labour Party comes out, the Conservatives come in, they say they want to sort out the NHS, they want to sort out unemployment, they want to sort out uh, uh, education. Five years later, these same things are still wanting to be sorted out and it's still in the manifesto that the Labour Party like come in. They come in and they, they, they just, it's a virtuous circle. Nobody sorts Listen, anything out. It's like the church collection. We've been <laughs> collecting for the new roof and since I was in Sunday school. We've been collecting every Sunday for the new roof. Since I was in Sunday school, we're still collecting. <laughs> and that is what democracy is about. Look, it's, yeah. it's lovely uh, to talk to you. So what, what, are your, what are your plans for the future? You know, I was, I, was, I, I, I was speaking to someone that this time last year, I was setting my comedy goals. I knew I wanted to do Edible Fringe Festival. I knew I oh. wanted to go on tour and do certain things. And then March came and then boom. So I, I, I sat down today and I said, I don't think I'm even going to set any comedy goals, you know, <laughs> next year. I'm just going to take it. An easy Let's ride. Let's open a, a, a political party. I'm sure our friends will vote for us. Yes. At least go to Parliament. Yeah, but I, I just use, I, I certainly want to continue to use uh, social media as a way of connecting with people all over the world and just to show the weaknesses of democracy. That's, that's my goal. Actually, that's my goal next year. And that there's an alternative way, a different way. You might not like it, but there's an the alternative way. The thing with democracy, all you have to be is a certain age. Mm. Whether you are dumb, whether you are smart, whether you are voting out of anger, it doesn't matter for them. Mm, mm, mm. So what are your so, plans for the future? What, what, if, if the pandemic is over, where do we, where can people find you? What are your plans? Uh, I, I, I don't have plans right now, I, one day at a time, mm -hmm. but I am on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and YouTube, mm -hmm. Tenjiwe Comedy. Mm -hmm. And I'm planning to do more and more of social media. And fortunately, some of these platforms are also paying us because our bills are not on lockdown. <laughs> so I would like to encourage other talented people. Yes. Uh, I, I, I would like to encourage other people not to, um, not to just, not to give up, but to look for other ways for revenue. It might not be the same, that's the same as we used to make as on tour and touring yeah, comedians. Yes, yes, yes. But there are platforms. And also, let us not be too proud. Mm. Ask people to support you. Because sometimes mm. fans want to support us. But because they're so used to us being live, 
they don't know that we still need their support, like subscribe to our channels, watch the, the podcast. Look, you know... Like do things to support us. Yeah, you know, Last Republic was getting a lot of income from the British government and then COVID came, no more foreign aid. So, you know... <laughs> No more for any. So I, you won't believe it. I have, and because laughter Republicans don't pay taxes, I had to register with TikTok. I'm now, I've gone viral on TikTok, Good. honestly. And, and I've got some donations from these young people who are all over the world. They're these young Americans who wanted me to come and run during the, presidents, the presidential elections saying, you know. Oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. And those are, those are one of my, my regrets that I wish there wasn't the pandemic, I probably would have been in America, you know, for the that fun of it. So I just, yeah, and it would have been so beautiful. So yeah, but you're absolutely that right. You're absolutely right about the revenue because it's 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 been really really tough. I mean, it's been really really tough. Even some of my wives have gone on strike, uh, you know. But it's, it's it's the way it is. So um, I hope you guys have enjoyed watching this brilliant. I have to say, without offending my previous guests, that I haven't laughed so much in my podcast. One of the things that people criticize me for when I used to perform live is that I smile too much as a, as a dictator. <laughs> <laughs> that should be mean. <laughs> but how can you be mean when you have someone like uh, Tijue who's come here and has cracked too many jokes, too many <laughs> jokes. It's, I hope you have enjoyed what has been a fun and interesting, certainly for me, I, I've learned a lot about the South African uh, comedy industry and I definitely, definitely want to uh, visit the country. I, I want to come and perform there because uh, I think they will definitely. find me funny. And we need, um, we need to go on tour, Obonjo, my president. Yes, After this whole thing, we need to go on tour. But because you've, you've done some work with um, another friend of mine, Njambi, haven't Njambi. you? Njambi, yes. 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 So was that a tour in South Africa or? She's been to South Africa. Oh, we've done quite a lot of work. I know she's worked with you a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. she she um, introduced me to Next Stop. And so I got... Yeah, I, she, did, I, I, she introduced me to Next Stop as well. So I did, I did a... I don't call it comedy special. I did a presidential special. Uh, goodbye, yes. Mr. President. And it was, you know, it was... And I've done lots of projects with Next Stop. They've really, they've really saved my presidency this year. <laughs> in terms of projects. Because they they, they they have been very, very good. In terms They've of been very team. good to me. And they, they, they were donating a lot to comedians, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. Yes, yes. So, yeah, yes. Next Up has been very good. People, yeah. please do support West Please stop Next, up. next up because um, Tinjewi has a, a special comedy special. I also have a comedy special. And there are lots of uh, comedians who have comedy specials. You know, you can just be watching us. Mm. It's almost like Netflix, but it's not Netflix, yes. but it's... Is, is it's getting there it will i know it will get there but we need it's very good we need your support this is where if it was a live comedy show we would be saying bucket speech so we need your support uh support us comedians it's not easy and like i said certainly for me no more foreign aid so i i just don't know where i can steal money from now it's gone really dry. Are you even afraid to touch money because you don't know? Maybe it has, it has COVID. God. So we have to sanitize it, and if we sanitize it, then it's not. Eh. Yeah. So. So, so I I uh, I'm going to end this, uh, and I'm going to end it, and I'm going to say because I am so deluded that this has been a fantastic one hour. 
I originally thought it was going to go on for 45 minutes, but it was obvious that we were going to enjoy ourselves. And it feels like it shouldn't end, but every good thing has to come to an end. So thank you so much for joining me. And uh, guys, I shall see you soon. I haven't decided. The way I decide who my guests are is I force them, as you know. I just write to them and I say, which is what I did with her. I just wrote to her. But yesterday I said, what are you doing tomorrow? I want you on my podcast. <laughs> And thank you so much for having me. No, it's, it's been, a privilege. It's been fantastic. To, to, to be on a dictator's uh, podcast. It is the only podcast, only African dictator, the only dictator podcast. Not even Kim Jong-un hasn't got a podcast. None of the dictators have a podcast. So this is, this is, this is a first. And, you, yes. you know, and I have treated you well as a woman. You know, you know, I've you know, I've respected you. Thank as a you. Woman. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate. I haven't said that I want to marry you, or you know what's going on later on. <laughs> this show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on a cast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out Podomity.com now.